The Denver Broncos have a long list of defensive free agents on the team whose contracts are set to expire. Who should the Broncos bring back? Who might they have to move on from? We'll dive deep into that here on today's brand new episode of Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. The Denver Broncos defense could look entirely different in the 2024 NFL season if they choose to move on from several in-house free agents. What might that look like? We'll take a look at it here in today's brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Folks, it's the offseason. We know that the Broncos aren't playing on the weekend during the playoffs, but you know what? We still have Broncos content for you here every single day, all year long. Because for the true fan, there's never an offseason. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports. Joined alongside by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. And just a reminder, Broncos country, you can get this podcast for free every single day on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. So thanks for making us your first listen of the day. And a special shout out to all the everydayers out there. Sarah, my friend, let's take a look at the Broncos defensive free agents coming up here. The new league year begins on March 13th officially. And there could be widespread changes here for this Broncos team. More than likely, not expecting any big-time staff changes on the defensive side of the ball. The expectation is that Vance Joseph will be back here this upcoming season. If that were to change, that move would have probably already happened by now. But Denver's defense and some of his personnel that he might be able to work with could be entirely different going into next year. So let's take a look here. Who are some of the starters that the Broncos have on defense that could be testing the free agency waters? Well, let's start with the outlaw, Josie Jewell, whose celebration after big plays has been outlawed. Apparently, Cody, he's retiring the unfortunately, I mean, it's, you know, no fun league, right? But Josie Jewell has been with the Denver Broncos since he was a fourth round pick out of Iowa back in the 2018 NFL draft. And obviously, I think he's developed pretty well exactly what you would have expected coming out of Iowa. He's a smart player. He's instinctive. He racks up tackles. He's a playmaker out there. But the athletic limitations do show up every once in a while. And of course, I say that being I could never go out there and do what Josie Jewell is doing. But relatively speaking, right, when he's asked to be in coverage at times and, you know, maybe follow a running back down the sideline for a wheel route, things like that. But overall, Cody, a really good player who earned a second contract in Denver. That second contract is now expiring. Do you bring Josie Jewell back? And what price is he going to command, especially with Drew Sanders waiting in the wings? Yeah, I think this is a great question. And look, I think for Josie, I think there's a conversation about the Broncos inside linebackers. I feel like it's a little skewed. They're like, oh, they're average. They can't make plays, especially in the run game. But I feel like people are ignoring the run defense, right? And it all starts in the trenches. I think that we're obviously going to talk about a couple of players here today about that. But so many people fail to realize that, hey, when there's a tackle and a guard that are double teaming down on a, you know, a three technique and the tackle is going to work up to the play side back, or if it's a guard center, same thing with the guard working up to the linebacker. When the defensive line isn't getting penetration, it leads to offensive linemen freely coming up to the inside linebackers, which then leads to big gains. And that was what the Broncos run defense I felt like struggled with a lot this year. And a lot was placed on, well, the linebackers just aren't good. I think Denver's linebacking group actually is actually pretty damn solid, to be honest with you, Sarah. And you bring up a great point here about Drew Sanders. Um, the question is, is Drew going to stay at outside linebacker or is he going to move back to inside linebacker? For me, I, I don't know what the vision is here. I'm very curious. And look, Sean Payton was never going to tell us anything like that. Unfortunately, we're going to have to like, dig and maybe get some intel on the player side of things like, Hey, well, you know, they planted a movie back to inside linebacker. 
I think so much is contingent upon that. But to be honest with you, I think having a guy like Josie Jewell back is a good move for Denver's defense. I think bringing him back is a no-brainer, especially maybe on a one- or two-year deal. I mean, you can you could do that. You still have Alex Singleton. I mean, they're the two leading tacklers on your team. I, I don't know what direction Denver is going to go, but I've even thrown this out there as well, Sarah, and I'm curious for your thoughts. This isn't on our script today, but it ties into the defense here. Maybe we could see the Broncos switch to a 4-3 scheme. I mean, I feel like honestly switching to a 4-3 or even a you know 4-2-5 I feel like would be a better move for them necessarily in comparison to what we've seen out of the 3-4. I mean, curious for your thoughts there because then that segues perfectly into our next topic and our next candidate here that's a free agent. Right. You got to get your best players out on the field somehow, right? And the Broncos do have a number of versatile guys that can be used in a variety of roles. I mean, we'll talk about Jonas Griffith later, but him coming back kind of makes things interesting. Baron Browning can do a lot of things for you. Drew Sanders plays a versatile role. And of course, you have more traditional, I would say, off-ball linebackers in Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton, guys that you know you can task with. You know, put the green dot on their helmet. They're going to have everybody in the right position, in the right place. They missed a, a few too many tackles for everyone's liking this year, but they also rack up a lot of tackles, right? And so, like you said, Cody, unfortunately, weren't protected great by the defensive line. And if the Broncos are going to move to a four-man front, they're going to have to get much better on the interior defensive line where Jonathan Harris is a projected unrestricted free agent. And Cody, I think admirable story. Obviously, the Broncos picked yeah. him up off of the Bears practice squad, I believe, back in the day. And uh, just a, a tremendous, you know, undrafted player to starter in the NFL. It's a great story, a testament to hard work. Jonathan Harris obviously deserves kudos for sticking with it through a number of different coaching staffs as well. But at the same time, I think we saw when he was given that opportunity this year, the Broncos could upgrade at that position with maybe some, maybe an option to come back for depth there for Jonathan Harris, but not sure you want to bring him back as a penciled in starter for 2024. Yeah. I mean, right. Denver lost two DNs last offseason to Sean Williams. And they also lost obviously Draymond Jones, Zach Allen turned it on a little bit late when Denver made some personnel changes, which was a good sight to see. Saw a lot of double teams, but you weren't getting consistent enough production from the other spot at defensive end. To me, I think that was a little bit of an issue. I mean, there were times where even Denver shifted to where they're starting Mike Purcell at nose tackle and DJ Jones at the other defensive end spot. But is that the vision, right? If you do maybe switch schemes or if you do that, is DJ going to be your starter at D end or are you going to go out there in the NFL draft or free agency and try to sign a, a big hoss of a nose tackle there? I That's where I think there's so many questions here about the direction. And Sean Payton even alluded to it as well. There could be even some conversations about scheme change on offense, on defense. I'm very curious to see where the team lands on that going forward here. And that kind of leads us into our next conversation here. Fabian Morell, veteran guy who was brought in during training camp, uh, you know, didn't expect him to really actually play or even have a role on this team outside of being a rotational guy. And then Damari Mathis struggled early on in the season. They replaced Mathis with Moreau on the outside. And he had a pretty good season for the most part, but toward the end of the year, his production kind of spiraled off. He got burnt for several big chunk plays and was out of position on a few plays. And now it's kind of begged the question, does Denver maybe look at this is Riley Moss's season in 2024, which I think that's the plan for this team. And I think that's the way that they should go because you invested capital. He got, he emerged as a key special teams player for you, played in the dime and also got some good reps at cornerback. I think Riley Moss is going to get some run here in 2024, which means I don't think that Fabian Moreau is going to be back. What are your thoughts on that? 
I completely agree with you on that, Cody, and I think you're right. We'll see Riley Moss hopefully starting in that spot. Maybe Damari Mathis will bounce back and find a way back into the lineup as well. I mean, you never know what could happen there with those guys. And so the Broncos do have to lean on their young players at corner. I mean, they're they're not going to go out there and sign every top-tier starter. They could go after a budget-friendly guy. I remember back in, I believe it was 2013, they, they signed Dominique Rogers-Cromartie for like a one-year, $4 million deal. And it's like, hey... Take a shot on talent like that, a former first-round pick. You can get him for pennies on the dollar. Maybe you can find something like that this year. Maybe a guy like uh, Jeff Okuda. Not to get too far ahead of ourselves in terms of what we're looking at, but Reclamation Project could be interesting. But I think we're going to see the Broncos roll with some young guys at corner this year. Fabian Moreau probably not coming back. Yeah, I mean, and... Uh, part of me is even wondering, too, I, I don't think you can rule it out depending on what Denver does in free agency or how the quarterback situation goes for them. I wouldn't even rule out them taking a, you know, a cornerback out of Alabama with the pick number 12. Potentially, could you imagine? PS2, oh, man, there's a whole bunch of narratives we can get into here, but that might incite a little bit of a riot here in Broncos country. But Broncos country, we are eager for your thoughts on the starters that we had talked about here on the defensive side of the ball free agency. When it comes to Josie Jewell, when it comes to Jonathan Harris and Fabian Moreau, Who's staying? Who's going? If you had to decide, let us know if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening, wherever you get your podcasts, engage in the conversation on social media at Cody Work NFL at Sarah Bettinger. Now we're going to take a look at some of the key defensive role players that the Broncos had step up into some starting roles, get some ample time with the team. They're set to become free agents as well here for the Broncos this season. You're going to get all that here on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And look, folks, we don't have all the answers when it comes to some of the challenges that life throws our way. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off of our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. And it's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. So today, I want to say how I really feel about something. And you might even be thinking about the same thing this week. Therapy is so important. And as I've gotten older, especially being a male in society We've often been told not to talk about our feelings. I've found tremendous benefit out of doing therapy. I've even used BetterHelp. And if you're in the same position, I want you to try BetterHelp here today because talking with somebody about some of the challenges, some of the things you're dealing with in life is a great way to get an opinion on something that can help you find solutions to make a breakthrough in your life. BetterHelp can help you do that. Therapy can be different for everyone, and most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team, and it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends over there at Price Picks. And as you all know, folks, Price Picks is daily fantasy sports done right. Price Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in all of North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. Price Picks is the most fun that I've had, winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players. You pick more or less on their projected stats, and then you place your entry. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. It was a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, Nikola Jokic plus Travis Kelsey had a 10.5 combo 
of three-pointers made plus receptions. You can get in that at Price Picks. And if you want to play alongside some of Price Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Scholes, you can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Price Picks community each and every week. So check it out. Go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. We know the Denver Broncos want to build the depth on this roster through the NFL draft, but there are a number of depth pieces that could be departing in free agency that makes having a lack of draft capital a little bit tough in that regard. We're going to talk about maybe a key safety who developed and emerged this past season that could be on the way out in free agency or maybe on the way back. We're going to talk about him, a couple of other players on today's episode Locked on Broncos as we continue to look at the defensive side of the ball in free agency coming up here in the month of March. But Broncos country, want to say thank you and give a shout out to every single one of you that makes Locked on Broncos your first listen of the day. Every single day right here on the Locked on Podcast Network, free and available anywhere that you listen to podcasts, as well as you can watch the show on YouTube, where Cody and I appreciate all of your feedback and reading through all the comments, all your great thoughts, especially throughout the offseason where, hey, Cody, the, the brainstorming is there, there's no shortage of brainstorming going on in the offseason <laughs> ideas uh, upon ideas. So as we talk about defensive free agents and, and looking at guys that could or could not be back this season, depending on the price, I think we got to talk about P.J. Locke, kind of a breakout season for him in terms of this was really the most we've seen him get in terms of snaps with Kareem Jackson being suspended, Caden Stearns being injured again. P.J. Locke really stepped into a big role and, you know, he had some really good games for the Broncos, maybe won them the game against the Green Bay Packers. Do you feel like, you know, he's a, a guy that you would bring back, even if he does command a little more than people may be expecting? Yeah, 100%. And the reason I say that is because I think he's the starter next to Justin Simmons this upcoming season, right? And I, there's a larger conversation that we'll have, obviously, in the next segment here about the safety position in totality here. But PJ's a guy who's been a core four special teams guy, worked his way into a role, obviously dealt with a couple of injuries, got hurt in training camp. But then he stepped into a role when the team needed it, and he excelled. I mean, I think he's the first Broncos safety in history to have a sack in three consecutive games this season the way he disguises his blitz looks. I mean, he's very effective when doing it. He's a good tackler. There's areas, obviously, look, look, it wasn't perfect, right? But it wasn't perfect for everybody on the Broncos defense this season. P.J. emerged as a guy that you're like, hey, you know what? He's gotten better every single year. Now he's ready to run with the starting job. And I can tell you this, like, he wants to be back in Denver. He would love to, but he's going to get some interest from some other teams around the league that are going to call his agent, David Cantor. They're going to have interest in bringing him on because they see the value and what he can bring to the table, not only from a special teams impact, but also as a potential starter defensively or even in the dime packers. Like, that's the thing. It's not just a back end safety, it's maybe being able to play a dime backer role, which he did a little bit last year here for Denver. So, in my opinion, I think. PJ needs to be brought back. I think he's the starter next to Justin Simmons going into 2024. Now, the next player we're going to talk about has been with the team for quite some time. Obviously, a veteran guy came in under Vic Fangio. Mike Purcell set to become a free agent. In your opinion, looking at where Denver's at, because we talked about the need for some beef on the defensive line, is Mike Purcell going to be a guy, in your opinion, entering this next year of his career as a vet? Do you feel like he can get that done, or do you think Denver needs to look elsewhere when it comes to defensive tackle? 
think they should bring him back, right? I mean, obviously, he's a local guy from, I believe, Highlands Ranch, right? So yeah. Mike Purcell is from the area. I think he wants to stay in Denver, and he's obviously playing at a high level still. I mean, we don't get to see him as often as other players, maybe around 30 or so percent of the time just because of the role that he does play. But, man, he's a he's a good player, and he shows up in some big spots, and the Broncos need a stop on short yardage. I mean, Mike Purcell has been a guy that can come up with those big stops throughout the course of his time in Denver. So I think on a one- or two-year deal, Cody, I'd be more than happy to bring him back Heck, I'd be happy for even more reunions. Let's bring Shelby Harris back into the mix as well. I mean, who cares? Bring bring some of these guys that are maybe looking for the reunion, right? They, they want to come back. They want to uh, maybe see the Broncos finally get back to the playoffs. And, and we know Shelby was open to that last year as well. I think a lot of these guys make their home in Denver. And there's just I think it takes a lot to get guys to want to leave late in their career, right? So when you're talking yeah. about somebody like Purcell, I would say definitely – bring him back into the mix, see if you can't find some additional depth elsewhere, but he's not going to cost so much that you, that you don't want to bring him back. That's for sure. And I think when you look at other areas of this defensive side of the ball, the secondary, we talked about PJ lock, Kwan Williams. I think people may forget that he was even on the team because he didn't get a chance to play this past year, but obviously his contract is now expired do you feel like his role has been effectively filled? The Broncos going to move on from him now with Jaquan McMillan in the mix there in the slot, or do you think Kwan could come back? It, you know, I would love to see Kwan come back personally. I, like I said, I value getting to know Kwan. I think when he's healthy, he's damn good. I mean, when he was healthy, he was everything that the Broncos invested in, and unfortunately, injuries have really gotten the way. And he was dealing with some injuries coming from San Francisco. So when he got hurt in Denver, I mean, he was tough. Like this is a guy who had meniscus surgery, came back in two weeks, still played with a club on his hand because he broke his wrist, had an elbow injury on top of that, had a quad injury on top of that. And then unfortunately, I think the really big issue was the ankle as of late, something from last year that really just kind of crept up and to the point he had to have an operation because it wasn't getting better during training camp and the preseason. And so he had to get that operated on. And then there was a cleanup procedure, uh, you know, as well, because they were trying to get him back on. He was on the side field and it just wasn't healing. So he had to go in and get another operation in season missed all of this year, which was a big blow. And I think for us, we were wondering like, what is Denver going to do? And that's where saying Bassey stepped in. But after saying Bassey got benched, Jaquan McMillan really emerged and I think ran away with that role. Jaquan McMillan is the guy for the foreseeable future, at least in my opinion, when it comes to the nickel spot. I mean, I don't know how you feel about that, but I think that we saw enough from Jaquan. I mean, look, get, get this. You know, obviously, the two interceptions, I think he had two forced fumbles and two fumble recoveries, but he also had seven tackles for a loss behind the line of scrimmage, and he had two sacks on the season here for Denver. So, I mean, this is a guy that when you play inside the slot, you have to be able to cover, which he can do, but you have to be able to tackle and come up in the run, which he did a lot. Seven TFLs for him, that's pretty damn impressive in my opinion. I think Jaquan's kind of stolen that role away, unfortunately, at the expense of K1. Yeah, and, and if K1 wanted to come back and try to compete for a spot, that's one thing, but you kind of feel like if he's fully healthy, man, he's going to try to go to a place where they have an opening for the slot corner position, you know, and I think that's the key with the Broncos Philly's going right to open now. one up. <laughs> Philly, yeah. Philly may just be taking, I think of the Joker in the Dark Knight every time, Cody, where he busts the the pool cue over his leg and he's like, we're having tryouts. You know, I feel like Philadelphia is kind of in that 
frame of mind after the way the playoffs and the season, frankly, ended for them. So, yeah, there's going to be openings out in Philly. There'll be openings elsewhere. But I think with the Broncos, Cody, it really does feel like this is Jaquan McMillan's job. And if they're trying to go the economic route, I mean, why would you spend money when you feel like you have a starter at that position? Yeah, 100%. Look, there's some other guys as well that we'll talk about. Some guys are set to become free agents. We're also going to take a look at areas maybe Denver needs to address in NFL free agency. Broncos country, you're going to get that here on today's episode of the show. Today's Locked On Broncos is brought to you by Jace Medical. And folks, I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life. But can we talk just for a minute about preparing for real life? And in real life, sometimes the unexpected happens. And in times where there's bad weather or there's a rampant you know, increase of illnesses going on. Sometimes having antibiotics is an important thing to have. And sometimes there might be supply chain shortages. Make sure you're prepared for the unexpected with Jace Medical by getting a Jace case. The Jace case, it's a pack of five different antibiotics that are used to treat a long list of different illnesses, including infections. And look, something that any of us could get at any time. This stuff could happen to any of us Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. So make sure you be prepared. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use the offer code Locked On to get $20 off your order. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, once again, I want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. You can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And hey, look, as the offseason continues, look, there's not a lot going on with the Broncos, but there are a lot of things to ponder, a lot of things that we'll get ahead of here on the show. Make sure you tune in to us every single day because for the true fan, there is never in offseason. Continuing our conversation here, Sarah, on Broncos defensive free agents. We're going to look at obviously some needs that they may do address in free agency, but there's also a couple guys we got to talk about in terms of impact on special teams and depth. Inside Two inside linebackers, Justin Sternod and Jonas Griffith. Now for Sternod has emerged as one of Denver's top special teams players. I mean, I think outside of Tremont Smith, he is the best special teams player that Denver has on their roster. He's going to get some interest. And obviously, I think the vision that we all had for him initially was being a coverage linebacker, but he really kind of carved out a role for himself as being a reliable guy. I thought he had a tremendous preseason for Denver this past year, and he really emerged as one of those guys behind Drew Sanders, Alex Singleton, Josie Jewell. Like That unit is so tight-knit. His impact on special teams, he was one of Mike Westhoff's favorite guys, so we'll see how things go there on whether or not he'll be back. Jonas Griffith, he will be a restricted free agent. The team has some control over that. Unfortunate that we saw him tires ACL during training camp, but he should be fully ready to go by the time training camp rolls around. It makes sense to bring a guy like Jonas back in this situation, right? I think so. I really do. I mean, a restricted free agent or not, this is a guy that George Payton did trade for. So as as long as George Payton is there, you feel like he's not going to lose hope on Jonas Griffith and what the team saw. I mean, just at the beginning of last year, he was a starter for this team over Alex Singleton, which is so weird to think about. I mean, Alex Singleton has since had about, what, 3,000 tackles since he took over in the starting lineup. And, you know, Jonas Griffith, unfortunately, just hasn't been able to stay on the field. But when he's been on the field, I mean, he's an impressive guy. He's, what, 6'4", 250-plus pounds, runs fast, is explosive, instinctive, aggressive. I mean, he's all those things that you would want. So it seems kind of like a natural 
fit, Cody, if like you mentioned, Justin Cernod gets some looks elsewhere, maybe then that's where Jonas Griffith can come in and replace that role potentially. If you want to say, hey, Justin, go spread your wings and go find a, a place where you can not only play on special teams, but maybe get a, a role in a defense, which we don't currently have. That could be a possibility there, and I don't mind that. I mean, honestly, I'd love to see all these guys come back, but you feel like, man, Jonas Griffith is somebody that you want to have. with. If you believe he has starter upside, which he showed just a season ago, I mean, you've got to keep that hope alive, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think it's hard, though, too, right? Because you talk about linebacker depth. It's like we we talked about earlier. We don't know what the vision is for Drew Sanders. Is it inside? Is it edge rusher? I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. I wouldn't be surprised if he stays an edge rusher, which then means I think that an opportunity for Jonas Griffith to come back from the injury makes a lot of sense here for Denver. But I think we also have to talk about some of the biggest needs here for the defense and free agency. I said it in the very beginning. I feel like they need to heavily invest in free agency and also the NFL draft. They need big, beefy dogs on the defensive line because it's going to make Zach Allen's job easier. It's going to make the outside linebacker's job easier. And when there isn't that dynamic of that interior push and presence that's making it hard for the quarterback or forcing the quarterback to step into where the pass rush lane is for an outside linebacker, I think that we can see production increase for Denver's defense across the board if they can shore up that one area. To me, defensive line, having a big, beefy interior guy who's an absolute dog, an alpha mentality type guy on the interior, Denver's missing that, and I think that's what they need to address there. What are some areas that you feel like Denver needs to address here defensively in free agency? Yeah, certainly the defensive line, like you mentioned. And if the Broncos are worried about, you know, budget stuff and salary cap going forward, I think, like I said earlier, reclamation projects, Cody, I'm going to be doing a lot of research on free agent reclamation projects, guys who may not be overly exciting when the Broncos sign them. But it's like, remember the, uh, what they call they called them the brown coast back in the day right when they were signing guys like you know courtney brown gerard warren ebenezer Ecubon. <laughs> for those who remember those names they called them the brown coast and everybody's laughing like why are you signing all the cleveland browns nfl draft busts well guess what those cleveland browns nfl draft busts contributed to one of the best defenses in franchise history that 2005 group that was very very good so I'm, I'm not saying you're going to be able to do that almost 20 years later now, but what I am saying is, hey, take shots on guys who may be getting cast off by other teams that still have talent. Believe in your coaching staff to develop that. But I think if the Broncos are going to be aggressive in one particular area, Cody, in free agency, it's got to be off the edge. There's big names potentially available off the edge, and I think that's one area where you say, hey, we may not be in the you know quote-unquote first wave of free agency at – Maybe as much, but we might still have to go get that one guy because right now I feel like the Broncos are a, a collection of Robins off the edge. And I don't say that disrespect. Everybody, come on. I, we all love Robin. He's awesome. But you need a Batman off the edge. You need somebody to come in that can be that 15-sack guy, that 12-sack guy. I know that's lofty expectations. It's a lot to ask. But you need that player off the edge that can consistently be there at the end of games, week in, week out. The Broncos don't currently have that. They have a lot of guys who are really good, but they don't have that one guy that's going to consistently wreck games. They need that. And if those are available, I think they got to go get one. I'd be very curious to see who would be available and what that would look like. And and look, I even take a name to keep an eye on. If the Chiefs don't give him at the end of the season, whenever their season ends, hopefully that's this weekend. 
But if the Chiefs don't give a future reserve contract to Isaiah Bugs, I think Isaiah Bugs would be a great defensive line name to maybe look at here for Denver. Something to monitor here. What about safety, though, too? I feel like Denver has to maybe add a safety. I've been on the precipice of saying Denver has got to get a veteran safety, in my opinion, on a one-year deal, right? Not saying to come in and start, right? I think so much is contingent. What happens with P.J.? But Delarian Turner, yell, he's not going to be ready for the start of the regular season. And more than likely, he's going to start the year on PUP and on IR, more than likely there. So for him, now it's like, okay, Justin Simmons, J.L. Skinner, Devon, Devin Key, like that's what you have right now that is at least guaranteed to be back at the start of 2024. There's no guarantee that P.J. is going to be back. Caden Stearns is going to be back. But the question is, like, obviously there's the injury concerns, the history that happened there. Can he stay healthy this offseason? I mean, for him, I was so gutted for him because that week one game just – a freak play where his knee bounced off the the field in the wrong way, ruptured his patella tendon. I mean, he's making good progress. He should be ready to go. But Denver has to have an insurance policy in place in the event that they lose PJ and Caden is not yet maybe fully healthy to get there. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where his timeline is at, but I think these are things to consider, especially if you don't believe that J.L. Skinner is ready to play right away. Yeah, who can you get to raise the floor of that room, right? Because right now there's a high ceiling, but there's an extremely low floor due to the fact that your guys haven't consistently been available. You, we love Caden Stearns. We love PJ Locke. We love the potential of JL Skinner, but you got to have somebody. Even Justin Simmons, Cody, hasn't been able to put together full seasons the last couple of years. I mean, injuries have been hurting everybody at that position. Well, maybe with the exception of Kareem Jackson, who unfortunately got suspended a few times, but still missing games. Nonetheless, I think you go find somebody that can help raise the floor of that room, like a, a Chauncey Gardner Johnson or that type makes a lot of sense, right? Even if, you know, Detroit wins the Super Bowl this year, parlay that into a bigger contract. You need somebody like that who can play all over the defensive formation, but elevate that safety position to a level to where you know week in week out hey, we got some consistency here we've got guys that you know they've played well over the course of years of time not just looking at their potential at this point gonna be a very interesting offseason here and we'll have you covered every step of the way broncos country as things go on you'll obviously know about it we'll react to it we'll project we'll share our thoughts on the team building aspect here this entire offseason so don't forget to tune in to lock on broncos every single day all year long because as we always say for the true fan there is never an offseason. Sarah Bettinger and myself will be back tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show, Broncos Country. Make sure you go to my Twitter page, at Cody Work NFL. I'm putting a Google survey out there, and we're going to be voting on end-of-the-year awards, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, most improved player. And we're going to get your thoughts overall on where the Broncos are at. We'll have a chance to get your feedback and your insight here on the show, Lockdown Broncos. Make sure you check out the Google form on the Twitter page and then fill it out. And we'll react to it here this week on Lockdown Broncos. Broncos Country, appreciate it so much for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.